0: There have been a lot of great hockey players over the years. Legends,
1: both on and off the ice. The Overtime Podcast checks in with some of hockey's biggest names and talks about what these great players are up to
0: today. Welcome to the Overtime Podcast. Here's your host, Gino Retta. Hey, hockey fans, welcome to the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Redd. There are so many great players who played the great game of hockey over the past few decades, players who made an impact not only on their teammates and fans, but on the sport itself. On this week's show, we're joined by one of the NHL's all-time best defensemen who won Stanley Cups four different times in his 21-year career of the National Hockey League. Back-to-back with the Penguins, back-to-back with the Red Wings, a key member of of the canadian team in the 1997 canada cup inducted into the hockey hall of fame in 2004 he was a first ballot hockey hall of famer i'm talking about larry murphy murph welcome to the show my friend good to catch up with you again
2: yes gino it's good to see you uh new cir- uh, new circumstances excited for you the podcast going down different yeah. world i mean uh, we've known each other for uh for obviously quite a few years, I think uh, we'd never have thought it would come to
1: this. <laughs> Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now delivery app and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious crave crushers to your door almost before you can say, fuel me up, Sev. You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just eleven sixty-nine. Order a large, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. dollars Seven Eleven is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats 24-7. I think the first time where I really covered
0: your career the most would have been the 87 Canada Cup. I mean, we're, we're almost exactly the same age. I think I'm a year older than you. Um, we would have been in our mid-20s.
2: You wouldn't yeah, know it by of, looking uh, at us, but uh. I know I,
0: I, just like, I'm not really sure. Was that a shot at me, Murph? I'm yeah. just kind of confused. I, I, was, yes. I was
2: trying to get to that, uh, <laughs> figure out how I could do it. But
0: anyway, can you imagine for, uh, for those who don't know, you're, you're a Scarborough boy. You yeah. grew up just outside of Toronto. That Scarborough boy was playing ball hockey back in the early sixties, early mid sixties. Did you ever imagine, that one day I'd be talking about you a four-time cup champ, Canada cup champion, hockey hall of famer. I mean, did any of that stuff ever even come into your mind?
2: Well, I, I of course, as a I grew up hockey, my, my older brother played hockey. I started when I was five years old and we were, if uh, we weren't playing in the rinks, uh, we were playing, as you pointed out, the, playing road hockey and winter time, my dad put a rink in the backyard. So it was hockey, hockey, hockey all the time. And uh, I, I, I tell you, it's uh, of course it, it was a, a dream as a as a little boy to play in the National Hockey League, but uh, you know, ne- obviously, you never really. I mean, you just dreamed about it. So, yeah. what was interesting is uh, played many uh, in the, uh, out in the road, as you well know, yeah. played many uh, game sevens of the Stanley Cup Finals uh, as kids. You know, you're always playing for the big game. So, I you know, I was, I was preparing for the, that playoff pressure. You know, <laughs> as a six and seven year old out in the streets of Scarborough.
0: But you weren't even sure if you wanted to be a defensive back then, right? Cause you were going back and forth depending on wherever they needed. It's so funny today, Murph, because we get, we get so tight with our goals and say, yeah. Oh, my kid's going to be this. He's going to be, yeah. he's only going to be a right winger, nothing else. He's only going to be a center. He's only good. But back in the days where you were growing up is like, where do you need me, man? I'll play.
2: <laughs> well, it's yeah. I, I, uh, I started as a defenseman. Uh, I think my first couple of years, well I'll tell you this why I started as a defenseman uh, when my dad first took me, uh, the first time I ever actually put hockey equipment on, it was for uh, at McGregor Park uh, on Lawrence and Kennedy, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they were short boys. It was a six-year-old league, and they were short boys, so they opened it up to five-year five-year-olds. My dad asked me, hey, "Do you want to play?" So I got there, first time ever on skates. So uh, we had the draft. Uh, kid, skate kids skate around. Uh, um, that's half awesome. Nights. The coaches pick it up. They pick out the players, and <laughs> then uh, I was the last guy picked. And at the time, I I I, I was just excited. I was getting a, a sweater, and I was going to play. Yeah. But the coach said, "Well, maybe maybe you st- when we start, uh, maybe you just stand on the blue line. Don't don't <laughs> stay to the opposition's e- that end because you know you'll never <laughs> you'll, you'll never, never get back. back. So that's how that's how I started on defense, and I moved to forward. And, and actually the uh in Bantam hockey um is when I played center that year. And then uh, and when I got to midget, I, I tried out for the Don Mills team and uh, uh, couldn't make it as a centerman. And the coach said, hey, why don't you try defense? And I said, okay. I gave, you know, went back on defense and defense ever since. But just kind of to your point, I, I think it's important. Obviously, skating is so important. I uh, Now for all positions, even goaltenders, I think a, goal, a goaltender really uh, uh, could help himself by playing Playing out as a defenseman or forward, just, just to develop a you know a strong skating uh, ability because it's you know every position now is so critical.
0: And then and then when you made your way through mine, like it was real humble beginnings, really humble beginnings. And let's be honest, for people who watch your careers, you had one of those careers that kind of ramped. Uh you started slowly, you were you know defensive defenseman, yeah. You added some offense, but that wasn't your style. You were pretty quiet, you got away long. The first real noise you made. Was with one of the most storied Canadian Hockey League franchises in history, the Peterborough Pete's. and you guys win the Memorial Cup. Yeah. It was it at that point you thought I might be able to do something with this game?
2: Yeah, it's uh, um, it's as that season went along. And uh, Gary Green was my coach, and, and uh, Greener uh, got very uh, yeah worked worked with him. Uh, fortunately, in uh, with the NHL Network for many years. Yeah. Love love Gary. I mean, a uh, huge impact on my career getting to peterborough it was a team that was uh they had just they had lost in the uh, in the Memorial cup the year before so they're knocking on the door they did lose uh, uh some players and had, and of course due, you know due to graduation obviously you yeah. know junior hockey usually have a 3 year stint UHL, so yeah I, yeah i get in and uh so they, 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 the the uh, the team was uh, definitely knew how to win and it was an environment that i was very fortunate enough to get into and uh great i started started off slow i uh, in terms of ice time and as the season got along it just progressed on you know just the amount of ice you're, you're on the ice every day the first time in my life that was the case and and you know then we go on as you point out we go on and win the memorial cup at that point i thought yeah i have a shot going to, yeah, to make it to the nhl um you know my, my next year was my draft year and and uh yeah. of course you know, the rating lists come out so you, you become aware but that was the point i would say where i thought i had a yeah, legitimate chance of playing in the National Hockey League was after that that year, my first year in Peterborough, and and then talking about coaching, I was fortunate enough. I had Mike Keenan my yeah. second year, but Gary went on to coach uh, professional hockey, and uh, Mike Keenan came in and took over the Pete's, and uh, we lost in the final game that year. But it was just two year great years of great coaching, a great winning environment, great attitude in the dressing room, and it really that's really elevated me, and and that's uh, you know that's. I give a huge amount of credit what prepared me for playing in the NHL.
0: In conversation with Larry Murphy, Hockey Hall of Famer, four-time Stanley Cup champion, this is the 7-Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Gino Retta. So after those two years, though, Murph, now you really come on because now you go fourth overall in the draft to the LA Kings. And I, always, I like to ask guys, when that happens, is that a sigh of relief like, I made it. Or is that like, wow, now the work is really going to begin because I got to earn that.
2: Well, I had, I had a a sense that I was, you know, I was going to go in that general area in the draft. So I think if I, if I'd fallen um, farther down in the draft, that's when I think it's, it'd be pretty tough on, you'd be very disappointed and, and I'm sure there'd be some, you'd be second guessing yourself. I I was, that's basically the area where I thought I was going. So I was fortunate. I I didn't have to, the draft was in Montreal, I was fortunate; I didn't, you know, have to sit there and, and, and hang on for more picks. So, um, I got it was the first step. Um, I got you know, drafted. Of course, you go down, you meet everybody at the at the yeah. table. The, uh, the Jerry Bus, the owner, was there, and of course, the jail manager and the coaching and that. And and um, it really, from that moment on, they really made me feel like there was a place for me in that team. Um, they wouldn't let me, uh, they said, we don't want you playing any exhibition games in Peterborough that year. We just want you to come to camp. So it was, uh, um, uh, the trajectory that I felt like I had a real legitimate shot of, uh, of playing in the national hockey league, just because of the, just the way that things had fallen into place.
0: Not only did you have a shot though, Murph, I mean, you're, you're being humble. I like the fact that you're humble. You and I have known each other for years and you've always been this way. You come into the league, you come into the NHL, you're asking yourself the question, I'm not sure what I can do now because now I'm surrounded by men. In major junior, you're surrounded by guys who are 18, 19, some 20-year-olds, but that's it. Now you're surrounded by literally the best in the world. And as a rookie, you come in and you set an NHL rookie uh, record for assists and points in year one. (laughs) What was that like to kind of say, I can compete at this level. I can do this.
2: Well, it was um, it was a case of we had – I was on a, a, a team with good s- offensive strength. We had the uh, triple crown line, Deion, Simmer, Taylor. We had a lot of production, and I was playing uh, first unit power play. Um, it, it was just – as I say, things fell into place. I, I played pow- first unit power play right from the start of the season on. They would made the decision. That's where they felt that – uh, they wanted me to contribute so it was, it was just it was a real we had a real strong team we had a disappointing playoff to say the least but I, I think we ended up either third or fourth overall in the league just a, a great a great team a lot of veteran guys it's 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 interesting you you know you touched on playing you, you you know you play with with yeah you know teenagers so to speak and you go to a pro with these big guys and you know I walk in the dressing room and there's you know King Kong core abs there and course, Marcel Dion, they, I mean, these guys larger than life. Well, Kong was basically larger than life.
0: Marcel Dion, not so much.
2: It was Yeah, Mars was, Mars was a spark plug. He, I tell you, he wasn't, obviously wasn't a the legend, a
0: legend, but size. Not oh so much. boy.
2: But I mean, he would stick his nose in anywhere. He, uh, I mean, yeah. I remember he scored a goal, a pocket hit him in the face and went, and went into the net and he was all battered up and bleeding and he still, you know, he was out there for the next shift. I mean, that was, yeah. that was Marcel so it was, yeah, I had a good, uh, Mike Murphy was my captain. Um, he was a great captain, just you know, great advice, great leadership. Uh, um, you know, he, he, he was really kind of grounded me throughout that year. He, uh, you know, in terms of, of, you know, keeping your head on straight, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, things it's not going to be easy. You don't get the sense that, you know, cause you have a you know, good first year that things are just going to, you know, fall in place for you. So I, you know, good guys around me, a great environment going in LA. I mean, you weren't, it was a, a, a strong franchise. So yeah, it just, it just, things just really fell into place, Gino.
0: No kidding. And and I think the first time you really kind of hit home for me was, and and I'll be honest. I mean, one of my highlights was the 87 Canada cup. Oh yeah. That was, that was freaking enormous. I was right at that point. I was my early days of broadcasting I'm still very much a fan at this point. I'm yeah. a huge Team Canada fan, so I'm at the games. I'm at the Canada Cup games, and you're there. So let me, before I get to the way this finished, and it was great for you and obviously for Hockey Canada, you're in your mid-20s. You're 26 years old. They're putting together a Canada Cup team. The list of players that get invited to that, Gretzky, Lemieux, Bork, Messier, Fuhr. Larry Murphy <laughs> how did you find out that you were going to this and what was it like when you heard that wow they're putting me amongst the world's elite here
2: yeah i can't i can't remember exactly how i how i got contacted. i do remember going showing up camp in montreal and the, the names that you mentioned i mean there was <laughs> i think there was 40 guys there and they, they were fighting i think there was 24 or 23 spots on the team so which is
0: hilarious when you think of guys at this level Still gonna get cut. That's insane. You wouldn't get away with that today, Murph. Today you got to name the team and yeah. say you're invited. There are no. Yeah. You're not cutting guys today.
2: Yeah, that was uh, guys. Uh, I mean, that was a time. Uh, that was the Soviet Union was was yep. was still in was play. Still so I mean, yeah. it, it was it was us against them. I mean, it was just a huge national pride um, for pride for the players involved. Pride for the people of the country no one was going to uh, even even though as it was set up at, uh as you point out you had to make the team everybody was going to make take you know make the call was gonna was gonna show up and, and 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 try to make the team there was no way you're gonna be somebody that said oh unless you guarantee me spotting the team i'm not going no one was going to take that because yeah. you know just because of the just the environment and the pride that so everybody went there with 40 guys and went there and, and just uh you know, just played your best and you just hope that you, you you know, you made it to the, you know, game one of
0: the tournament. And you made it to games two and three of the tournament in the final against, as you mentioned, then they were called the Soviet Union. And you had really kind of a significant hand to play in both the winners in games two and three.
1: Yeah. In game uh... two,
0: you actually teed up Mario for the winner. Tell us about that
2: well it, it was yeah it was uh well the whole series kind of just looking at the series in general the three games um i believe they all i believe they all went seven six uh yeah. um
0: i was at all three games by the way
2: exciting <laughs> i mean it, it just in terms of intensity and and just what was that says we t- touched on it what was at stake there in terms of national pride i mean ne- i've never been involved in anything like it it was just it, it was it was incredible so i mean it was uh it was interesting um you know uh as I think back on it, I can't, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you certain plays, something it's interesting what sticks in my mind. And it was, wasn't necessarily, you know, play on a goal or something. It was, uh, um, things that really stayed with me with that tournament. Of course the, you know, the, the obvious, the, the, the tournament winning goal, what, uh, being part of that, but I just, I remember those games. I, I remember, uh, Krutov and and uh, Makarov uh, uh, playing against them. I, I can remember ships where they would uh, they would come down with, with a tremendous amount of speed and they'd be along along the boards coming down and they would cross. They were
0: fast, aimer. And they
2: would cross and they would cross the whole rink. I just I just I remember that just the, the scope of ice you had to deal with these guys and of course you know they were they were they weren't shy about turning back with the puck and regrouping and it was just like yeah. I, I never skated so much in my life was in, in those games just because of the way the silviets the russians approached it so it, you know you asked me about that particular goal i mean it was uh uh to be honest i, I, I uh, i'd have to look at it to remember which is kind of i guess maybe i'm i'm showing my i'm showing my age but um it, it was uh it, it's interesting i remember converse it's interesting i remember conversations in the dressing room uh oh. between between periods vivid conversations about what was going on it's in, it's interesting how your mind works oh, things yeah. that that really stick stick with you uh over time so it was yeah I, I could i tell you every play in the in the in the series no way i mean how long how long is that 40 years ago whatever almost <laughs> So, but it's, it's moments that, that just yeah. stand out to me. is it, it, shocking. I, I just, it's funny how your mind works.
0: It is amazing. And, and being, and then, then for game three, I was really lucky. I was right down by oh. the glass getting ready for the post game stuff. And in game three, so you, you get an assist on Mario's game winner uh, in overtime and two. So now we're in three, you get a goal and two assists. You're already on a fire. Yeah. Your best assist in the entire tournament, I think is the fact that you did not touch the puck (laughs) (laughs) in Mario's winner at the end. For those who don't remember you're, you're making your way down the ice with Gretz and Lemieux Gretz looks at you. Everybody in the building thinks he's sending you the puck. And instead he gets the Mario Mario gets the overtime winner, but everybody was fooled by that.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I look at it, Gino, I, I, the play, um, you know, the faceoff was in our own zone and, and, the, and we broke out of the zone. Um, I was just following up in the play and it just kept, um, I, I just kept moving up and then it's like, I got the mid ice and all of a sudden I'm right up with, with Gretzky Lemieux. Uh, I think how Chuck was out there and he got tied up with somebody. And so I'm now moving up in the play. I'm you know, making it a three on two. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I look, i Gretzky's play was to Mario Gretzky's play wasn't to me. It was just too, it was too high of a risk play to throw try to get it through the middle. He's to put it through a, a, a Russian defender. I knew, I knew he was going back to Mario's, which he does. So Mary gets hold of the puck. This is what surprised me. I'm, I'm off to the side I'm behind the goaltender. I, I thought for sure. Mario was, was going to come to me with the puck, yeah. um, but so did the goalie. So uh, he, Mary realizes he's, he's leaning towards me thinking it's going here and of course Mario's skill set you know he takes he takes advantage of that fact and, you know he buries it so but um at the time I mean you you, you it puck goes in the net I mean you're just elated about it I mean it was just a you know just a, what a moment I mean the bill in Hamilton I thought the roof was coming down It just just people went crazy I mean it's such a huge goal for, for hockey in Canada and it's afterwards is where you know where I kind of like Evaluate what happened and then and, and i thought oh man you know the puck could have come to me but i mean at the, at the time it, you know of course it, does, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter now either i mean i just yeah. tremendous pride that i was actually you know on the team playing in the tournament so but yeah it was uh it was uh, i i was ready boy i thought mm-hmm. i've been looking over my shoulder on, on my forehand and i thought it was mm-hmm. coming but Mario decides to score. So, okay, yeah, you can't knock him for that one.
0: <laughs> you guys then went next door, because I remember you guys went next door. I don't remember what the hotel was, but you guys were literally staying next door. I yeah. think you just walked right through the tunnel. Yeah, back you, walk, to next yeah, you door. walked yeah. through that
2: mall or whatever it was, or yeah. you could get to, the, get to the arena.
0: So now you're Canada Cup champs, and you're looking around you're like Gretzky, Lemieux, Bork, all these guys. What was that celebration like? What was that moment like where you're celebrating – international hockey's greatest achievement there for probably a decade going back to the 72, maybe the 76 oh, yeah. Canada cup as well, which was amazing. Probably one of the all time best teams, yeah. but you're celebrating with some of the best in the history of the game. Something like well, that. You
2: know, it was in- interesting I mean, about that. The tournament is, and you, and you mentioned these guys was, was the fact that. with Gretzky and Lemieux were at the top of their games at that, at that point. And there was a, I mean, there was a, a Everybody was watching. I mean, I, you never said anything, but you, it was kind of they were, they, were, they were matching up against each other. Who, who's the greatest player in the world? And this was, this was a, a stage for them to, to show it. And, of course, they both come off with incredible uh, tournaments. And, and it, I, I, you can't pick one over the other in terms of, uh, you, know, who, you know, who's the MVP. I, I don't even know if they picked an MVP. But between those two, boy, it was neck and neck. But yeah. what was great about it, it goes back to this national pride discussion we had earlier, was that that didn't get get in the way of the way they played? Like they played quite a bit on the yeah. same line, and boy, they they would utilize each other. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there was no like there, you never got the sense that hey, I, I'm trying to get one up on the other guy. It, was yeah. ne- it never was there for a moment. They knew that they were great players. And they knew that when we worked together. They could do great things, and and that, that was I mean that kind of spoke to. You know just the team effort on on their part and everybody's part but you talk about afterwards celebrating it was uh um you know we knew we did something special i mean the dressing room was uh um it was pandemonium afterwards it, it's it's an interesting it's like a it's like a hundred meter sprint the canada cup or the world cup as they call it now because it's it's basically uh what was it three four weeks you know the nhl season's more like a marathon but it, it's it happens fast and it it takes a tremendous amount of of effort. You've got to be as as sharp and as quick. So yeah, that was a moment where you, we all, you felt the pressure was off your shoulders. You'd succeeded, you know, uh, Canadian pride, you'd succeed in the tournament. And it was just a case of just an explosion of, of, Mm -hmm. of, I don't know, happiness, excitement, adulation. I mean, it was, the, the post game and the in the dressing room was probably was really the most I thought emotional point of the whole
0: of the whole tournament. I love seeing you like this, Murph. Like I I love seeing you relive these moments. It's like I've known you. And never
2: it never gets old, Gino. You know? Never. Gets no, old. but
0: it's it's nice that you still. It's still so vivid in your mind, oh, and yeah. you still like. There's parts of you and your personality that you're still a kid.
2: Yeah, oh you're yeah, still
0: loving it as a kid. That's that's fun because a lot of guys lose that. Yeah. A lot of guys lose that as they go through.
2: Well, it's, it's you know, it, we're in a, it's, a, it was different uh, back then, of course, as we, t- we you know, the Soviet Union, it was, it was good against evil, you know, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, no, I
0: you know, understand, but that's, but that's what we thought plenty. back then. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was communism. Um, you know, now it's a different environment uh, altogether. I mean, the, the level of play is, is incredible, but that's, you know, that, that story is no longer there. You know, we play yeah, that, we still play the Russians and they still want to beat the Russians, but, it's almost uh, just I mean,
0: as I, much animosity, maybe more now beating the Americans. Yeah. oh now, yeah. Now I okay. say that to the, you who live in the U S
2: yeah. <laughs> well, we beat the uh, beat the U S and I think in uh, the next, was it 91 Canada? Cup? The 91. And, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, you know, the U S program now is, is, you know, has come make great strides now. Yeah. I mean, you look at the initial draft, you know, first round, there's a pile of players, uh, U.S.
0: Coming college coming kids. Out of the U S uh, program. program. The
2: development program yeah. is really a boy, boy, what a, what a, what a development program for the National Hockey League yeah. that that pro, that and that's just down the road, of course, in uh, in Plymouth, Michigan. Yeah. I'm you know I'm in I'm in Birmingham, so you know we see these kids and and uh, well, it seems like half that team always makes it to the NHL.
1: Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the Seven Now Delivery app, and Seven Eleven will have your hot and delicious Crave Crushers to your door almost before you can say, "Fuel me up, Sev." You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now for just eleven sixty nine. Order a large hot from the oven in minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a two liter Coke or Pepsi for two dollars. Seven Eleven is your go to for fast delivery of Slurpee, groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats twenty four seven.
0: We're in conversation with Larry Murphy, hockey all of Famer, four time Stanley Cup champion. This is the Seven Eleven Overtime Podcast. I'm Gino Uh so so now, I mean, for those who don't know, you played for six different teams in the NHL. We'll get to the latter part of your career. The Kings drafted you, uh, the Caps, the North Stars, and you end up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so after having played the Canada Cup with Mario and you kind of got to spend some time with him over oh, a yeah. window, now you're a teammate of us. You're a teammate of Mario Lemieux. I think Yager was probably still a teenager back then. Yeah, Yager the was an 18-year-old rookie that And year. Paul Coffey was on that, was that team. There that so now you join this team in an organization that's never ever won a Stanley Cup yet you've got this stacked team yeah when you're going into that season were you were you thinking right from the start this could be it this could be the historic time well i
2: got there you know i got there in um uh it was december
0: yeah
2: uh and uh, I, I couldn't believe, I mean, it was, it, they were still finding their way, way at the great Bob Johnson was coaching. Um, it, it they they w- hadn't reached uh, the, their full potential as it. Don't
0: forget as, the guy who brought you in because that's going to be a key part of your journey throughout your career.
2: Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So it was interesting. So I get, I get to Pittsburgh and of course, Mario's there and I knew him from, from the Canada cops and I also, I played a world championship with him at one point. Yeah, um, But it was, uh, it, it, Talking about that goal, you know, like it being a, you know, been called, you know, the greatest decoy in Canadian hockey yeah. history or whatever. So the guys in Pittsburgh, obviously, uh, you know, they, they, I can't remember who said it to me. Somebody come and say, you know, you know, Mario's not going to pass you the puck here, right? So you know, stuff like that. I, I never, you know, I'd never hear hear the end of it. So, but yeah, it was a great opportunity going to Pittsburgh with Bob Johnson. It's a high, you touch on a highly skilled puck possession yeah. team. I mean, we just we had the puck all the time, and and uh, basically. Uh, and we you go through a lineup. And we had Brian Tracci was He was there. He's playing like a third line centerman. I mean, Brian Tracci wow. had won what four cups with the Islanders. Because <laughs> you know we we had as as the season went along, we brought uh, Ronnie Francis in, and of course yep. Mario's the number one guy. So we I mean, just incredible depth. We had Coff on on defense, and, and it was uh, it was a fun time to play. I mean, I you know I'm a puck possession type of guy, so uh, it was right right in my wheelhouse.
0: Speaking of puck possession, I got to ask you. I got to ask you about the Murphy dump in Mike Lang for those people, for people who don't know Mike Lang. He's one of the all time legendary play by play guys, ultimate Homer, but yeah. but he made the game fun and he came up with that. Tell tell our audience what that was all about.
2: Well, it was, it was actually um, basically the play is you, you have the puck, you know, in, inside your blue line and th- there's really no clean play to make. Well, you just fire If you, you, you fire it in the air, you, 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 you lost it in the air, big dump. And, and basically the goal is to land it behind the opposition's defense. And if you get enough high enough arc, the puck won't, won't slide for, uh, for icing. It'll basically like, like a football it'll, die. it'll, it'll bite, you know, it'll bounce. Yeah. And, and it's a tough play for the defense. Cause they, you know, they're, they're trying to, they can't keep track of who's coming forward wise. And so anyways, that was something that it started. We started practicing it with Gary green and Peterborough. <laughs> We'd, at the end of the practice. And I, I have to ask, I never did ask greener. Why, why did we do that? So he'd line all the guy, all the guys up on the, on the goal line and we, we fire the puck down the ice, we uh, loft it down. So
0: that must've looked so hilarious. So Mike lang
2: picked up on it. Bob Johnson really was the first one that picked up on it. Um, it was a game where it happened. And I think we ended up scoring. I mean, it's not a play where you score, you know, it worked. It, it works to that, that benefit of, you know, Rarely, but it's it's still productive. It's yeah. basically putting the puck in the other team's zone. And Bob Johnson loved it. I mean, he came running up to me. Oh, great play! You Bob always like, rubbed his face. With yeah, him. yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. so Mike Lang got you know got wind of it. So it kind of yeah, the Murphy dump. So from that point on, that was something. Uh, you know, and I, and it's still I still have people come up to me and they're watching the the Pittsburgh telecast and and. Uh, and they'll say to me, uh, you know, Bob Barry just you know mentioned uh, he's do colors that's color there. Bob Berry just Bob Barry just mentioned the Murphy dump. So it's still to this day, you know, anytime anybody fires it like
0: that, that's what they call it, it.
2: I didn't originate you know. Gary Green, you know, brought brought it on, but it's just funny my name stuck to it.
0: Savard had the Savardian spinorama. You had oh the yeah, I remember
2: that. Danny Gallivan, <laughs> they call in the games for the Canadians. Uh, oh, the the scintillating save uh, yeah. by Ken Dryden.
0: So your 91 Pens run, other than the obvious stuff like Yager and yourself and Lemieux and stuff, for me, from a media perspective, I thought this was just total bull billboard material, which I thought was the best. So the Minnesota, you're playing the Minnesota North Stars in the final, and they win game three. They go up two games to one, and you guys here, they're planning the parade route. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which what was-, was that like when you guys did – did Bob bring that up to you guys, or did you guys know that inside your room? Because after that, the party was over.
2: Somebody somebody brought it. I, I, don't, I don't think Bob brought it to her. Somebody on the team uh, brought, brought it to everyone's attention. Now, it was definitely, um, uh, you know, something that uh, really stirred up the guys. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know, it, it rallied us.
0: Sure, it did. The next game, you guys scored three goals in four minutes. There's three goals in the first three minutes of game four.
2: We, um, yeah, we, I, I, you know, it'd be nice if it was that clean and it was that, you know, that story that did it. But I remember, yeah, I got a charge out of everybody. probably the problem was it was probably somebody in the office that, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. I don't think it was a player on the team going, you know, hey, let's plan the parade. But I mean, we took advantage of it. And, you know, as they say, you know, the articles put up on the, on the bulletin board and, and it was something, you know, rallying around. And, and, uh, yeah, that was, it was, it's timing though, as you say, I mean, from, you know, the series point out from the early on in game four, the series is basically over. I mean, we just basically, yeah. you know, stampeded them from that, that point on. Um, and it was, for me that was interesting because I got traded from Minnesota to, to Pittsburgh. So it was, yeah, it was, I had a double, you know, I wanted to win the Stanley cup and the worst thing for a player is, you know, lose to a team that you were traded from. So, yeah I'm thinking this There's no the way this can happen. I mean, the North Stars can't end up winning the cup. I mean, it would crush me. So, yeah. So it, it, it was all there. I mean, I, I talk about motivation. I, I wasn't lacking any of that going into that, those finals. Yeah.
0: So you win that cup, the first cup in Penn's franchise history. You win again in 1992 back-to-back cups, Yeah. which is insane. So now not only you're a Stanley cup champion, you're back-to-back Stanley cup champion. Uh, 92 was a different kind of year, though. It was just it, it played out differently. What are your memories of that?
2: Well, they made changes. Uh, you know, Craig Packett made uh, made some roster moves. Um, he brought a shell. I remember Shell Salmon coming back on defense, and and it tra- and, and Paul Coffee was was traded, and, Mar- and uh, Mark and Mark Recky was traded, and Rick Talk came in. So we had some personnel changes. Uh, we uh, it- Bob Johnson, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, it's a sad story. Bob Johnson had brain cancer, was diagnosed, yeah. uh, after the first cup and he and he was too ill to coach and he actually passed away early in the next season so that was a rallying yeah. uh, point there for the team like Scotty Bowman they brought in Scotty Bowman the coach Scotty at that time was the director of player personnel with with the uh, Penguins yeah. so they brought him in and the first thing Scotty said was hey uh, and, and it was smart he said hey listen this is I'm not, this is not my team this is Bob Johnson's yeah. team let's you know let's go out and, and do it for Bob and I think that really resonated with the guys and and of course, we go on, you know, we go on to win, win back to back. And, um, but I, I this the one frustrating thing about my time in Pittsburgh was in, in the next following year, just goes to show you how, how, how tough it is. I thought that, I thought our 93 uh, going 93 cup team was better than the first, the, the first two teams. Yeah. And, um, you know, we end up losing to the Islanders in the crazy, you know, seventh game uh, overtime. Yeah. And I think it was the second round of this and we're out, you know, and it was that to me was the most disappointing season I ever played in just because the, what could have been and what, and what, how it turned out. It yeah. was, uh it was devastating. I mean, just, just goes to show you, I mean, it's just, you can't take it anything for, for granted yeah. when it comes no, to no. your team. No, no. Uh, it's just funny. NHL playoffs. I mean, anything can happen.
0: Yeah. Then you end up in Toronto for yeah. about a year and a half, almost, almost two full years. Uh It was a, a rough time to be a Toronto Maple Leaf at that point, because it was the team was in a real, real bad spot missing the playoffs, getting knocked out of the first round. And then you become the lightning rod in that because you're making the money you're making, yeah. but the the cast is just not there. So then the Leafs are like, okay, let's move Murphy out of here. And but it was, start. it was
2: interesting Gino. you know, just like the time in Toronto, uh, I grew up in Toronto.
0: Yeah. Right here. So
2: I, yeah. I was a diehard Lee fan. And yeah, it was it was quite an honor and it was and to wear the uh, the Maple Leaf sweater. Um, yeah, as you point out, I mean it would have when th- you know the the thing that would have solved my time in Toronto is if we, st- if we started winning. I mean it was just yeah. just we you know Pat Burns my first year there Pat Burns was fired and then they brought in an interim coach Nick Beverly, and you know that didn't work out very well. That was a year we lost out in the first round. it was just the team was in was in turmoil. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's just, it, uh, but to me, I wouldn't trade those though that year and, and a half, I got traded at that Atlanta the next year for anything. And, you know, a, a childhood dream putting yeah. on the Maple Leaf. Uh, I just wish we had one more. And, um, well, you know, uh, it was the the, 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 we made the playoffs my first year, second year, we weren't, we weren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, um, and of course I had no trade clause and, and Cliff Fletcher calls me up, of course. And as you touch on, you know, like, you know, go on. You know, go on to Detroit just at the right time again. You know, I got
0: Pittsburgh. You were a class act though, Murph. I got to say, you were a class act because it wasn't on you what was going on. And you were, you were pretty quiet about it and took a lot of flack that really wasn't deserved. And you, you, I mean, you were a class act through all that. That was, well, it was,
2: you know, I honestly believed you. You know, I I was, I, uh, as a player, you do, no matter what the circumstances are, like how, it's important that you, you self-evaluation, you, you can't, you know, don't fool yourself with what,
0: yeah, but not everybody thinks like that
2: Murph, but I, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I it, yeah, was it wasn't my greatest years. No, no, of course not. I do not say that, but I, I was, I was, I was happy with the, with the effort uh, put forward. I was happy with my level of play. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it was, it was great, you know, Detroit, the, uh, you know they, they they scoop me up um, and I get into Detroit and you know I'm playing big minutes right away on, on a top, which team. was
0: amazing. So I, which
2: I didn't when I got there I wasn't surprised I got there. You know I, I was of course I was you know I I'll fill whatever role you want and um, you know they play they played me a lot. So I mean and I wasn't I, I wasn't surprised I knew I could do it. But I I just you know it's just it was just unfortunate the way things were in in, in Toronto and I mean I, boy I talk about if there's a city where you'd want to win the cup, that would be in Toronto, yeah. you know, of all places. So, yeah. uh, it just never came to be it, but I still got to, you know, live out a dream. And, and, uh, so yeah, I go to Detroit and it was, boy, what a great, great move that was. Thank, you know, thank God I got the call at a like quarter to three, three o'clock I deadline. I have to wave the clause. Like cliff can't trade me without, yeah. uh, without me saying, agreeing to trade the clause. So if, for whatever reason, if I wasn't around for those 15 minutes, I would have never have gotten to Detroit. Yeah. So, which kind of kind gives me the shivers when I think about <laughs> boy, I, I, I was that close to missing
0: this opportunity. Yeah, it was that close, and I mean, you're right before the deadline, and it was Scotty Bowman who had won with you in Pittsburgh, so he knew what you could present, and he said, "Yeah, listen, you guys, you know, you you making Murph available, we'll take him, no problem." And he slots you right in there, and like it was no joke. I mean, you're you joined a decor with Lidstrom, Konstantinov, Fatisov, Bob Rouse. I mean, that's that's strong. And so now you you end up in the cup final, much to the chagrin of Leaf fans We're like, seriously, <laughs> seriously, you're in the cup final. You're facing the Flyers, Lindros, LeClaire and Renberg, the Legion of Doom. These guys are all monsters. They've been kicking butt all season long. D-men are just getting pounded by these guys because they're so physical and you shut them down. You're on the shutdown pair with Nick Lidstrom, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. Oh, yeah, which would must have been amazing to play. And in four games, you held the Legion of Doom to just three total goals. What was that like to have that assignment to shut them down? A, but almost more importantly, to be that successful against these monsters.
2: Well, it so was that was Scotty. He felt that, um, you know, the Legion of Doom basically run, they were running over everybody. I mean, these were you know highly skilled guys, right. Renberg and Leclerc and Lindros. I mean, big guys that were very talented, but also very big. And, and then they, they basically, if you, if you tried to go muscle to muscle against them, I, you know, you, you don't, you're not going to have a lot of yeah, I'm not gonna luck. Work. So uh, Scotty thought it's approach. you know, and that's the way, you know, Scotty Bowman was, he thought, well, if we just will play a game against them, where if they don't have the puck, they can't score. So, Uh, Yeah, he played me and Lidstrom, and and um, we never we didn't bang heads with him. I mean, we we were put to the test, of course, to play you know play well defensively. But for the most part, we if we got a hold of the puck, we we were able to you know move it around them and and move it up to our forwards, and and that was I think that's what made us uh, uh, that's how we were effective in that situation. I don't think Nick or I hit any of those three guys in the the whole playoff series. But and and the funny thing was that that they. They were, that was the type of hockey they're used to. They were used to just, you know, teams trying to, you know, uh, overrun them and then them just basically crushing them. But they didn't, they didn't, you know, they, they, they didn't have anybody to hit really, you know, so to speak. Yeah. So it was, a, yeah, it was an interesting philosophy. It worked out, uh, it worked out well for us. And we ended up, no ended kidding. Up them. So, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, it's, to me, it take great pride, you know, playing in that situation. Yeah. As a player, you want, you know, you want to play and all that you know, all the, t- yeah. the tough, important situation, the critical times, I guess you'd say. And, and I, you know, I was, I was glad I was, I was very thankful. I got that opportunity.
0: So you sweep them, uh, and you end the, the 42 year Stanley cup drought for the Red Wings. Yeah. You helped the Penguins win their first ever Stanley cup title. What was the reaction like in the given city? The Pens to their first cup versus the Red Wings to their first in 42 years. What was the oh, reaction yeah. like?
2: Well, it was interesting in Pittsburgh. Uh, um, just to t- how how excited the city was. We we won on the road in Minnesota, so uh, they the fans knew that uh, we were we'd be flying back to uh, Pittsburgh, you yeah. know, at, at some point that night. And it yeah. was at some point because we I think we we're in Minnesota for two or three hours at least after the game before we we're able to <laughs> crawl everybody and get them on the plane.
0: Fine guys, want to just say it? Be honest. Until you found the guys,
2: <laughs> the, the, yeah, and, and the thing, the funny thing was, yeah. I think every FAA rule was uh, was yes. broken on that flight back. I mean, no one had a seatbelt on; it was out of yeah. control. I remember guys had the foghorns. They're, they had foghorns on, on these these on the planes, and you know, they were like they got it, and they're all yelling, you know, yelling yeah. at the end of the plane or the other, and it was just a, a wild uh, time. But people in Pittsburgh realized there was there were so many people came to the airport that what happened was people just. They got close and they couldn't, the car, they weren't weren't getting any closer. They just left the car on the, on the freeway, on the road where, where you have. So it was just absolute gridlock. So we (laughs) land, um, we land at the airport and they, and of course they're well aware of what's going on here. I mean, there's just, there's no, we're not getting out like the conventional way. So they had, they, what they did was they got school buses at, we had, we went to the other end of the airport and. It's, and then we got on the buses and then we, we, we it was still difficult to get back. We didn't get downtown till like eight or nine o'clock in the morning the next day, just because just the amount of traffic that gridlock, was yeah. everywhere. and, uh, uh, funny thing was like, we're, you know, we've been, we're on school buses and we're on school buses for hours and, uh, some guys have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, we're, you know, it's like we've been drinking beer and yeah. champagne. And you gotta go. There's no bathroom. So yeah. We'd pull over. you pull over wherever, and the guys would run in, and and wherever we could find a bathroom, and ba- it was That's just hilarious. It was craziness. But I mean, the city of Pittsburgh, of course, very excited. I mean, hockey even yeah. has a, uh, a strong foothold there. So you know, winning first time the cup there turned out to be quite the uh, the celebration. Of course quite the now, adventure. Though, kind of bouncing to Detroit for the 42 year drought. Original six city. I mean, the parade was was incredible. I mean it was just there was a million people i think at, at the parade. Uh you know the two days later when i after the cup it's just how much uh and that was at home winning it at home that was special. Um because you know just the ex- excitement of winning a cup at home and, and yeah that was uh that was a quite a quite a moment for that city. I mean they you know, the steep tradition in hockey you know, Gordie Howe, Ted Lindsay yeah. It just and gone 42 years, you know, without the cup. So you can imagine the top, you know, blew off the, the Joe Louis arena when that happened.
0: Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what happened shortly after that as part of yes. the celebrations. We'll remember uh the limo crash. Vlad Konstantinov did the right thing. He got in the back of a limo because he didn't yeah. want to drive when he was drinking. Yeah. And he was involved in a car accident. Konstantinov and the team of back then, Sergei yeah, both suffered very significant brain injuries. Yes, they both did. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And then the uh, next year, you guys, um, in their honor, break camp after winning the Stanley Cup and saying, we're going to go out there and commit this year to him. You guys had patches on your jerseys for that. And I'll never forget this moment, Murph. I mean, you guys end up winning the second cup and there's Konstantinov in his wheelchair. You guys give him the cup and he's parading around the ice. What was that like?
2: Well, it was, uh, I mean, going back, just. Um, talk about, you know, party over when that car accident happened. I mean, that was only a few days after winning the cup. I mean, it was over. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's Konoff and Konstantinoff and, and talking about Vladdy as a player. I mean, that pound for pound, there was nobody I've ever played with yeah. as tough as hit as hard. I mean, he wasn't a fighter, but boy, he would hit guys with every ounce yeah. and he'd drive them crazy. Uh, and And he was a great player to boot. I mean, at that time, you know, and Lidstrom and him were were in the conversation for the Norse Trophy. I mean, and then, and then, of course, losing him. I mean, not so much as a hockey player, but just what he went through as a person. And yeah, that became yeah. guys were crushed, and yeah. that became as he as he pointed out that next season that was that was going to rally. Let's do it for Vladdy, and um, yeah, it was it was a, it was uh, winning the cup. Of course, there was a lot of adulation, a lot of excitement, but I mean, it was it was kind of mixed emotions when you saw Vladdy there. I mean, and you yeah. think what, what, what he was at one point in time and, and what he'd gone through it was kind of, it was really, I, I don't know how you'd describe it, but I mean, everybody's happy and Vladdy's still, is still in the Detroit area. Yeah. We, still, we still see him. He's made you know small strides. I mean, he, he needs, you know, he's around the clock care for, for yeah. him. It's just, it's just crushing. And, um, and I always, I always think about uh, Slava Petisov was in that car too. Yeah. The three of them, and I think that the, I think there was in the limo. If I remember correctly, there was an island. There actually was a small island in the in the limo, and they were, they hit a tree and they stopped instantly from yeah. whatever it was, fifty to zero. And the two guys went through the, uh, the, the divider between the back and, yeah. the, and the front of the limo, and and uh, Slava hit that the violence stopped his progression. He re, he didn't that. He just had like a broken collarbone or something, yeah. but not didn't suffer the head injuries. And and he, you know, he's got that uh survivor's remorse, I guess you would call yeah, it for sure. He has yeah. to, he has to deal with and he yeah. sees his two and they, those three were close. They were so close yeah. um that, you know, to this day, I mean Slava it's just I mean it's it's I'm sure a day doesn't go by where he doesn't think about his two yeah. friends.
0: And the difference it could have been yeah. um the the stuff you've done, Murph, and, and telling these stories has been so much fun. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You and I have been friends as well as me covering your career over the years. One of the great playoff performers, I think you played 18 Stanley Cup final games. You got 18 points, which is crazy. When people think if you can do a point a game in an NHL career, it's crazy. But if also, you can do that uh, in a final?
2: I got I to gotta throw this in, you know, uh, I, I think I probably have the longest winning streak in, in uh, NHL finals. I went... Uh, Let's see, 12, 15 games in a row, straight wins. Right. Because as you pointed out, Minnesota, we won the last three games of the series. We sweeped uh, Chicago the next year. Yeah. And then with Detroit, swept uh, Philly. And then we swept Washington. So I never got to the that. The only guy game. to win four cups in I never got to in that, that game seven of the finals. So, but <laughs> hey. 15 in a row on the play and then the Stanley Cup yeah. finals. I'll, I'll, I'll take that instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, And also the only guy in that decade to win four Stanley right. Cups because there could have been a lot of other people that did the same thing, but did not. Um, <clears throat> now we you're you're in my industry now. You're in broadcasting. Yeah. you have been doing that for years. Um, I know you're enjoying that still in the Detroit area. You're still living there, but you're also involved in something called three ice. Yeah. Uh, tell tell us about that what you're doing because it's coming back again this this summer
2: yeah it was uh, uh, last year was the first uh the first season it's it's uh um, basically what it is is it is I guess the catchphrase is the best part of hockey it's exciting is exciting three on three overtime is so uh, uh EJ uh, Eddie Johnson's son actually is is one that, that developed this league and uh what it's basically it's, we play three on three uh, games and, and it's, you
0: don't, uh, play. I don't play. No, 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 no. no.
2: I'm, I'm a coach. So, yeah. Thank you for, <laughs> for uh, clarifying that those days are long gone. And because yeah. the level of play is the players are a lot of uh, they're, they're North American players that either play in the American league, the East coast league, or they, or they played in Europe. That's basically the makeup of, of the league, really talented, high skilled guys. A lot of them, whose games are totally tailored to this this stuff there's no hitting. it's just why yeah. it's it's pond hockey wide open three on three. So yeah, last year was the first year we had eight teams. We'd go to different cities uh, all all or sorry six teams go to eight different cities. we'd play a tournament. Yeah. Games are only 16 minutes long because we only have six players on the skaters on the bench.
0: And, and the other and, coaches are Joey Mullen, Brian Troche, yeah. John Leclerc, Guy Carbonot, so some big names.
2: yeah, I think I think uh, Ray Bork is uh, gonna coach next season. Mm-hmm. Um I I was told he's signing. If he hasn't yet, he's gonna sign a contract. Beautiful. Coach next year. So Ray's gonna join. Now they're gonna expand to eight teams next year.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you ever want to coach coach?
2: I Do yeah, you that's get involved in management. Gino, I'm glad you asked me that because this <laughs> I I stayed, I went into broadcasting uh because I just I didn't have the drive or the uh, that's necessary that or the the or the desire necessary to be a successful coach those guys they're at the rink long before the players get there yeah. and they're at the rink long after they leave and it, it it is a tough grind for those guys they 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 work hard i just i thought i didn't want to get it i didn't want it bad enough to get to make pay that price so broadcasting yeah. is a, a lot less stress <laughs> so yeah, <it> um, <laughs> this this is this is just a taste it, I, I only have six players on my bench I mean, we do have to de- we develop a game plan and we look at the yeah. other the other team's roster and and prepare for it and we have situations we where there are decisions made like calling timeouts and and think, and things like that but it's a it's a much smaller scale and it's a much shorter season i loved it i t- i tell you it was i i i, I want to do the best job of good for these guys i mean these guys played their heart out um, yeah. and um so i wanted to do the best job i, I i'm out i'm i'm trying i'm so Nervous. I'm outside in the hallway, pacing. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, when I'm in the dressing room with these guys, I, you know, i try not to project that. But I'm out there yeah. pacing and 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 just stressing on everything. I'm going, oh, man, it was a hell of a lot easier playing than it was yeah. than it is coaching. So, but it was a, it was a fun it was a fun experience. And Beautiful. and these guys, they played hard. I um, there, there was there was good money to be made for them, uh, like for them, you know, especially a guy that you know a guy came from, say, came from the East Coast League you know, yeah. uh, he, you know, he could make as much money in these eight weeks as he'll make the next season. So, right. I mean, they played for pride. They got such a tight knit group. Um, they became very close The seven guys. It was incredible. The bond of these seven guys and the discussion in the dressing room, like we, we, you go in yeah. as a coach, normally you go in and you get, you get 20 guys in there and you, and you, and you speak to it. The dynamics were different. Um, it was almost like a group effort. Like I'd come in and and it it was just, it was like us sitting around the kitchen table before every game. And it was, it was a, it was a real good experience.
0: Perfect. And we'll watch for it again this summer. Murph, it's been a great ride, my friend. I've loved watching and celebrating with you for Stanley cups, your hockey hall of fame induction has been spectacular. We we're we're so appreciative of you taking the time to share these stories with us. Thanks pal.
2: Well, Gino, I really appreciate you—you know—calling me up, asking me to do it. Uh, I always look forward. We always seem to see see each other once a year. It seems like at the yeah. uh, the Hall of Fame induction uh, yeah. weekend. But hey, I enjoyed it. Thanks to you again.
0: That was four-time Stanley Cup champion hockey Hall of Famer Larry Murphy. The Overtime Podcast is proudly presented by 7-Eleven. Before leaving the rink, order your favorite Slurpee, fresh, 100% premium Arabica coffee, hot from the oven, pizza and wings, a pint of ice cream, or even a carton of milk, a dozen eggs, and a loaf of bread from the 7Now app, and Team 7-Eleven will have your order ready for pickup 24-7. Hey, if you missed any parts of the show, don't worry. Visit our website at OvertimePodcast.ca, where you can both listen and subscribe to future shows. 7-Eleven's Overtime Podcast can be found on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next week, I'm Gino Retta saying so long, hockey fans, and thanks for joining us on the 7-Eleven Overtime
1: Podcast. Here are a couple of hot, tasty ways to crush the crave. Download the 7Now Delivery app and 7-Eleven will have your hot and delicious Crave Crushers to your door almost before you can say, fuel me up, Sev. You know the crave I'm talking about. The one that's whispering wings or pizza in your ear right now. For just $11.69, order a large, hot-from-the-oven-in-minutes pepperoni pizza. Add a 2-liter Coke or Pepsi for $2. dollars 7 is your go-to for fast delivery of Slurpee, Groceries, essentials, meals, snack and treats 24-7.